fellow marketers. This episode is brought to you by Quick. It is a auto transcription service. And actually this episode was transcribed in only minutes by this amazing service that we here at FSM use all the time. We're going to talk about it more later in the video, but check it out when you do have a minute. And welcome back to the Film School for Marketers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mariah Anderson, joined by my lovely co-host, Will Schultz. Hello, hello. And we have a super special guest, one of my dear friends as well today, Karina Duffy, who is the director of HubSpot Training here at Impact. And we wanted to have her on because there is a ton that you can do with video within HubSpot the marketing tool, the CRM, and Karina trains clients on how to get the most out of HubSpot. So I thought it'd be really great to hear from her, some of the things that she is teaching clients, discussions that she's having. Karina, we are so stoked to have you today. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to be here. Yay. So I'd love to kick this off by just talking about the type of role that video is playing in what you're teaching people. So what are this, some of the things that um, you're teaching clients to utilize when it comes to video within the marketing portal or the CRM? Yeah, I think that what's, what's interesting about HubSpot is a lot of people get started with it on the marketing side and kind of feel like, it's either like an email platform or it's a conversion path platform, essentially. Like I'm going to create it and create, you know, campaigns and conversion paths um, for my marketing campaigns. I'm going to use it for my email marketing. I'm going to use it for my social media um, and just kind of go in and start, you know, clicking the buttons and, and checking the boxes of, you know, what most of us would know as, you know, inbound marketing, if you will. You know, a lot of times what we find, and, and as Mariah mentioned, I'm the director of HubSpot training and I lead a team of people, which we affectionately call the Hub Squad, um, but we're all HubSpot consultants and we're, our sole purpose is helping people get the most out of HubSpot. But a lot of times what we find is that in order for people to get the most out of HubSpot, they need to take a step away from yeah. HubSpot because they see all of these tools, even some of the video features mm -hmm. that they could do in HubSpot, and they start to do all of these things without having a bigger picture strategy for their marketing, for their sales, for their customer service, and how all of that fits together. And so that's kind of the, the first thing that we often jump into with people is, if you really want to get the most out of it, let's, let's take a step back. And a lot of times that's where video comes in mm -hmm. for us because we look at people's marketing efforts and we look at how they're communicating with prospects, with customers, with clients, and it just feels like dry or sterile or robotic or not human. Yeah. And so a lot of times, like the, the first time that we start talking about video is because like people just need that human aspect mm -hmm. of what they're doing. And, and people have a really hard time figuring out how to do that. And video is such an easy way to bring that in really quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's a lot of times where we start with people is like, let's take a step back and let's look at how you can just be like, be a better marketer in general without, you know, it having to have anything to do with HubSpot um, and most of the time that involves incorporating video because we all know, and if you're, you know, 
a film school for marketer fan, I don't have to tell you why we recommend that to people, but that's typically where we start. So in terms of the people who might already have video and they're starting to use it, what are some of the mistakes that you see them making within how they're using it within HubSpot? You know, with with HubSpot and, and HubSpot's video features, I think people don't know that they exist. Mm-hmm. So you have HubSpot video, which is powered by Vidyard. If you're on the pro or higher tools um, on marketing or sales hub, you get on the marketing side, marketing video and on the sales side or service side, one-to-one video. And people don't realize that, you know, on their landing pages or on their blog posts, they can embed HubSpot videos and they can actually get view data. Um, they can put really simple little button CTAs at the end of their videos on their blog posts or on their landing pages, and then they can track those. They can look at video retention, um, and then if they if they upgrade on something like Vidyard, then you get even more data on like the individual people that are viewing your videos and how long they're viewing them for. And then you can you can get into some of the more intricate things like you know lead scoring, scoring people based on their views or, or things like that. I found that people like a lot of times, you know, HubSpot announced HubSpot video at the last inbound. So inbound 2018. But since then, there hasn't been a ton of buzz about it. And so a lot of people just don't even know that it's there and that they can leverage those tools, especially for some of the more, you know, kind of bottom of the funnel videos that you maybe don't need on YouTube for like some of your organic graphic, right? Mm -hmm. The other mistake that I see people making is, you know, they, they jump like too far down the road. So I mentioned like doing lead scoring and how you could score people based on video engagement and retention and things like that, or how many videos they've watched, you know, a lot of that stuff is really cool, but it can kind of like be shiny object syndrome. Where, you know, people can look at that and be like, wow, this is really cool. I can see all this stuff. I set it, I like set all this stuff up. But in reality, like your videos just suck. And so like nobody ever gets scored high because <laughs> nobody's actually engaging with your videos. Um, and so, you know, again, we get shiny object syndrome. We focus on like these things and like setting up all of this stuff rather than focusing on really the quality and the strategy behind what we're doing, which, you know, in my opinion is going to, is going to pay off more in the long run, even if you don't ever, you know, set up scoring for those people or set up fancy branching workflows to send them different types of content based on their video retention. Um, You know, that stuff should come based off of your videos performing well and being able to say, okay, our videos are getting a lot of watches. They're getting really good retention. And we're seeing that people that are closing have watched these videos. So now I'm going to go back and set up some scoring or I'm going to go back and set up some workflows that alert me when people are watching these videos because I know that it's an indicator rather than making all of those assumptions and wasting a bunch of time setting those things up that like may or may not actually help. So I'm sure it's different for clients that you're working with and their process. Um, But say someone comes to you, you've worked with them, they have a solid video strategy, all of the cool, intricate, complex things that you can do within HubSpot, where do you typically start in terms of um, utilizing those metrics? So, you know, we talked about lead scoring, fancy workflows, like where do you start in terms of what you should be doing? Yeah. 
I start at look at looking at the data itself. Um, so, you know, whether that's Vidyard that you're using, Wistia also has a really great HubSpot integration that you can get a lot of data on people. You can create custom reports that look at all of these things that we were just talking about, like, you know, how many of our customers watched these videos? Basically, we can sort of validate our assumptions or, or things that we think may be happening. Mm-hmm. And then we can go back and, you know, start to then create some lead scoring to say, yeah, if somebody's watched this specific video, they're a really, really good prospect and we really need to prioritize them. And so, you know, scoring scoring is great. It, scoring is really just a way to prioritize our leads, Right. So it could be with a score. It could just be with a simple workflow that says, if somebody gets to this point in the video, I want to send a text to our BDR saying, hey, this person's really hot. They just watched this video. Let's get followed up with them. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> I think, I don't know. People love, people love scoring. Like people love lead scoring and like setting up really intricate, like <laughs> lead scoring properties. And sometimes it's just like, not necessary. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it's, it can be just simpler and easier to just say, Hey, if they meet these couple of criteria, if they've engaged with us in this way, then let's send some alerts to the right people and make sure that we're following up with those people that we need to follow up with. Um, and the other piece of it too, is like the really awesome thing about these integrations your reps, like if you educate your sales reps on using, you know, all of the tracking that you're getting in the HubSpot contact record, you can see for the individual prospect and deal that you're working, what they've engaged with. I know in a holistic way, not just video, but all of your, you know, page views and what forms they've submitted and, you know, what things that they've downloaded and all of that stuff. And so then, you know, being able to see that also anecdotally for a sales rep, they can say, oh, I know this person is like this amount educated. Right. Because they read this, or they watch this cost video, or um, they watch this video about who we are and how we work. You know, it's, it's, you can do it at scale, but then it's also incredibly beneficial when you educate your reps on how to kind of read that data within the contact record too. As we mentioned earlier, this episode is sponsored by Quick. If you haven't heard of Quick, here's what it does. It allows anyone in your organization to quickly generate open captions for your videos. That means captions that are always there no matter where your viewers are watching. Video ads, social media, they're always visible. They're going to stop the scroll and they're going to cater to all of your viewers. Let's be honest, organic reach on social is getting increasingly difficult. And if you're running paid ads, you need to generate an ROI. Quick is going to help you do just that. It uses AI to generate your captions in just a few minutes. And it's very inexpensive with plans starting as low as $12 a month. Quick has saved marketers and videographers like you over 400,000 minutes of time. So believe me, they are worth checking out. Visit quick.io to try out Quick today. Karina, I view you as like this HubSpot, like metrics mogul a little bit in the sense of um, like, you know how to identify the, the stats that do and don't matter within anything in HubSpot. And I think you touched on a really cool point that video is one of the only mediums that we can put on our website where we can like guarantee and define exactly how much of something that somebody watched. 
It's not just like the amount of session time that they were sitting on a web page for, and we're like crossing our fingers that they actually read everything that's on there. But we know like the amount of a piece of content that they actually sat on the screen and, and had it play on their computer. And so I'm curious from you, because when I talk to my clients about this, I think the biggest aha moment that comes from sales teams is them realizing that they get to see at a contact level all of the videos on their website that somebody's consumed before they've reached out to the organization. And that allows them to almost like tailor the sales conversation based around what they know, what they don't know, the order of the the content that they wash it in. So you kind of know like what they care about or what their pain points are. And I'm curious if you've ever seen businesses like culturally adopt that change in thought process in their sales process um, like a like a good way or or if you if you kind of see businesses and, and especially their sales team not really catch on to this as much as you kind of hope that they would I've certainly seen the, the gamut of <laughs> of the people buying in and not buying in um, you know I think that it's a matter of education and you know if if some of our FSM people are also they ask you answer people you know you know how important that buy-in is from the organization, especially from the sales team. Um, And so, you know, when, when people do get that buy-in, it's huge because they're, they're not only like using the data, but then they're also leveraging the videos themselves um, to say, Hey, here's, you know, here's something that's really going to help you. And I've just seen so many different companies using the things in that way where prospects, like you get these prospect responses to your emails that are just ridiculous, like that are like, I've never seen anybody do anything like this. Or, you know, and it's, it's not that video is that rare anymore. More and more people are certainly using it. But like, that doesn't mean that people are using it that well right. all the time. Um, when you're using it contextually, when you're using it personally, you know, there's this crazy responses and then that just fuels everybody. So I've seen it where like one sales rep really starts using video and then they get this message back from a prospect saying how amazing it was that gets shared to the organization. And then it's just a snowball. Um, but you know, it's just as kind of easy on the flip side, if you don't have that buy-in organizationally to, you know, have the marketing team kind of pushing these things and creating these things and the sales team just kind of keeps selling the way that they've always sold because they don't, you know, they don't want to change and they haven't been educated on, on how these things can help them. I'm curious what you think would be a good objective of like a small win that you would say, like, if, if a business only had like one video to go make or one workflow to go set up, what do you think is that good, like first step into this world where if you even just go shoot it on your iPhone, it's really black and white with what you would include in the content and, and it's an easy thing to just get like that initial small win from spending time to doing something like this. Yeah, I, I get that a lot um, because we talk to clients a lot. Like, you should be doing video. And then they're like, tell me how. And we're like, uh, we do HubSpot. Um, so, <laughs> but the, the one thing that I recommend people start with most often because it's, it's the least scary maybe it's not the least scary, but it's maybe less scary than like a landing page video or something like that is like a standard follow-up email. Mm. So whether it's a follow-up email for like a contact us form or for downloading something, whatever it is, 
record a one-to-one video, you know, record it on your iPhone, record it on go video or soapbox or whatever. Like, don't, don't try to make it a fancy, like high quality thing. Make it super human and superhuman, make it very human and one-to-one and show people that your brand has people that work for them. Like that is like one of my favorite things about video is like, how often do we work with companies where we interact with them? You know, we interact with the website, we download things, you know, we fill out forms. Like we get to a point where we think we might be ready to buy and we've never made a human connection with that brand. Like we've never seen somebody that works there because they're all using stock photography. Uh, We've never gotten an email from somebody that works there because they're all just from the company brain. Like, things like that. And so I'll have people just like do that quick, like one-to-one, or I guess you'd call it one-to-many, but feels fairly one-to-one of just that follow-up email of like, hey, thanks so much for downloading this piece of content. We hope it's super helpful. I want you to know that you can respond um, and reply to this email and it'll go directly to me if you have any questions at all about what impact does. You know, like those things are so quick and easy to do. Um, and you can, you know, plop them right into an email template and start sending them out and, and collecting some of that data to see like, Hey, does that perform better than the email that you were sending, uh, previously? And then again, like that can start some of that momentum and being like, Whoa, so many more people are engaging with these emails. I have new prospects because of this, blah, blah, blah. How else can I use it? And then it snowballs. That's so good. And I love the fact that you use the example of doing like a one-to-many video because especially for someone who's like, well, I can't get started because I don't have a video team. I don't have equipment. I can't do any of this. So until we have that, there's not much traction we can have. I mean, those little things that you can simply do on your own without having all of those, uh, all that equipment and tools is, um, is so effective. You can still do so much with it. Yeah, it makes me think of one of the first one-to-many videos that I saw from one of our clients, uh, Office Interiors, which you remember working with, I'm sure, Karina, mm-hmm. was from their the owner of their organization essentially walking around the office in a, in a one-to-many format. And basically, this was something that was sent to um, clients or customers, Like I think it was like 15 days after they've had their office furniture delivered to them. And he basically thanked them for the sale. He, he like was umming and eyeing, but it was totally genuine and humanizing. And then he asked people to, to give a Google review if they thought that it was a, an easy experience for them because he's trying to grow his business and help his employees. And he commented not too long ago that like, that was what got salespeople to realize that there's real value in doing stuff like this because mm-hmm. he was getting thank yous for sending that thing. And he only recorded that one time in about two minutes and it would basically set up to automate to send out to um, post customers. And the rest of the sales team was like, it's that easy to set up. I'm definitely going to find my own way to humanize myself and like have another touch point with people that are going to thank me for doing so. So Karina, I want to jump to, again, back to someone that's just getting started with this journey. If, if somebody just got the, the HubSpot account that's required to actually track this stuff, what do you think they should be focused on more than anything else when they're actually starting to measure like the success of their first couple of videos living on their website? And I mean, is there a time when they should know like a, like a baseline of whether or not it's actually seeing success or if they should redo anything? 
So I think that depending on where you're putting the videos, uh, there's kind of some different metrics that you could look at. So in terms of like a landing page video, the awesome metric that you can look at is conversion rate. Take a, a landing page rather than, I always recommend rather than creating something that's totally net new, have a landing page that you're already collecting data on that you say like, okay, this landing page currently has a 1% view to form submission conversion rate. I'm going to capture this moment in time, say out of, you know, a thousand views, it's gotten 10 submissions. And then I'm going to put the video on there. And I'm going to wait until it gets a similar amount of views. And, you know, it's hopefully you have, you know, a good volume of views or of email sends to be able to pull this from. I would say, you know, if you can get to, you know, a couple of a couple hundred like landing page views before you're like making conclusions, that's great. If you're really small and you don't get a lot of traffic, like it's okay to start you know, kind of making decisions and looking at that data because that's what you have and you don't want it to take you a year <laughs> to be able to make a decision and, and change things around. Um, but I typically like to at least have like a couple hundred views on something before I'm like pulling, okay, yeah, now I can see it was 1% conversion rate. I put the video on there. It's got 500 views and now it's got 50 submissions and now I have a 10% conversion rate. And so, you know, landing pages, that's kind of my favorite. On the, like an email side of things, you know, I like to look at what, what we can do with HubSpot is we can track like clicks on that, right? So we can say if people clicked on the video in this email, did they convert? Did they convert into an SQL? Did they convert into an opportunity? Did they convert into a customer? Um, and so I like to, you know, basically take that and let it, same thing with a landing page, an automated email that, you know, it was already created and was already collecting data. How is that performing? Does it have a click-through rate? Are people actually converting after they've opened it? Now, after, you know, 10, 20, 50 or more, depending on your volume sends, are we getting higher conversions to SQLs or customers, depending on what it's for? Um, those are, are typically where I like to start. All right. This has been a super meaty video. I hope you guys go back and watch this at least once or twice because analytics is everything to get people to actually buy into doing what it is that we're doing, moving the needle and bringing an ROI for our organization. And so before we wrap up, I, I'm sure there's a handful of people out there that are already familiar with Karina Duffy. But one thing that maybe not everybody knows is she's done a really funny thing, which is coined the term certified dope, which she gets to stamp of approval um, for clients that just rock it with HubSpot. And I'm curious, Karina, um, just as we're leaving off, where did Certified Dope come from? Give us like the origin story behind that awesome tagline. So I'll, I'll try to I'll try to make this quick. I'll try not drag it out too much. But um, I was giving a presentation at Impact Live 2019 and a few months back, and I decided to do it on qualities of successful HubSpotters. Um, people know me at Impact for using the term dope. Like I just, I like the term dope, you know, it's retro, it's cool now. So I decided to title the talk, three qualities of dope HubSpotters. I took, you know, three different qualities and basically kind of took three case studies of three different clients that I worked with who have had really neat success stories with using HubSpot. 
And as I was practicing my presentation, uh, my husband, Matt, was watching and was giving me feedback and, and critiques. And he's the sole purpose why I have any good talks that have been recorded because he gives me really good feedback. And one of the pieces was, hey, you like named your talk three qualities of dope pub spotters, but like you didn't like say, you say anything about them being dope. Like that's just in your title, but it's nowhere throughout the rest of it. Like what if you like stamped, like you like certified people, like you stamped them certified dope. And I was like, that seems like it would be going out on a limb a little bit, but that could also be go over really well. So I like put together this little graphic and then I like in my slide deck, um, I don't, I don't even know if the audio worked, but I had audio like in the slide deck that I was like, and at the end of like each one of the stories that I told, I'd be like, Daniel from SOS, he's certified dope. And it would like stamp over his face this orange certified dope stamp afterwards people were just like elated (laughs) people really people really lashed onto it and people came up afterwards and were like i want to be certified dope in hubspot and so it became this really awesome thing where i was like all right well these are the things that you need to do these are the qualities that you need to have to be certified dope Um, and we've just kind of taken it and run with it. And it's been a really fun way to kind of push people to be better, you know, using HubSpot more and more effectively, um, and to kind of motivate people to get into the tools and and crush it. Karina, we appreciate you so much for coming on the Film School for Marketers podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Karina Duffy, you can find her a million places, but check out the pack to see her old speaking engagements. Check out the Hubcast to listen to her and Mr. Marcus Sheridan himself talk way deeper into the weeds about all the good, the bad, the ugly of HubSpot and continue to check out our video podcasts, subscribe to the channel like this if it actually helped your organization improve. And if you have any questions about anything that we covered here, feel free to leave a comment. We do read and respond to everything. Thanks so much guys for sticking with us and we'll see you next time.